0: Welcome to Profit Boss Radio, where successful women have paved the road to their own financial freedom. Each week, your host, Hilary Hendershot, financial coach, money mindset expert, and experienced wealth manager, will help you discover the keys to the wealth and peace of mind you want and deserve in her no-nonsense and authentic style, starting right now. Hi, Profit Boss. Welcome to episode eight bonus round. Today is a bonus episode, a short little 20 minute clip that's a bonus to the episode that just aired two days ago. And if you heard episode eight, that episode is called the money operating system. And it's an amazing, amazing technology that I teach that really teaches you just how dramatically your core beliefs that you inherited from childhood impact everything. About your financial life from how you feel about it, how you think about it, what's possible for you, how much you save, how much you spend, how much you earn, how you interact with that, whether you fight with your spouse about it. I mean, it's really, really all-encompassing. And you heard five interviews in episode eight of people talking about money from their perspective in their language. And that is going to be really powerful for you, and this all is uh, developed from the technology I discovered and term that I trademarked out of my TEDx talk, which was called The Surprising Power of Language to Make You Rich. So today I have the audio of that very TEDx talk for you, so that I didn't have to repeat that information in episode eight, I'm just going to give it to you. It's short, it's sweet, it's awesome, I hope you get a lot out of it. At this point, you should definitely know what your money operating is system is if you hadn't heard episode 8 go back and listen to that and then listen to this episode 8 bonus have a great rest of your week profit boss you can be rich you can be rich beyond your wildest dreams you can be wealthy in a state of well-being financially cared for confident and free money is in limitless supply for the majority of human beings on this planet and we can all have our share if we can only change what and how we think about it. And together, we can create a world where everyone in it has enough. Human beings created money as a solution to the problem economists call a double coincidence of wants. Barter arose naturally amongst human beings. I'll happily trade something I have that you want for something you have that I want. But then of course, we both have to have something that the other wants. Money solves that problem. It's a medium, it's a happy middle. It represents value, and I can always trade with you for money, and I know I can trade that money later for something that I want. And it took on a life of its own. And now, for the most part, money is a problem. Advancing medical science means that we live longer, healthier lives, but in the financial advice world, we refer to longer lives as longevity risk and you wonder why they call economics the dismal science. Here are some facts though. According to a recent poll, 26% of Americans between 46 and 65 years of age have no retirement savings at all. One survey found that 46% of Americans have less than $10,000 saved. 67% of Americans who work believe that they are a little or a lot behind in saving for retirement and it turns out they're right. One out of every six Americans, elderly Americans, lives below the poverty line. In 1945, the year Social Security was initiated, there were 42 people working for every retiree receiving Social Security benefits. Today, that number has fallen to 2.5, and if you take government workers out of that factor, there are only 1.6 private sector workers. But the average monthly Social Security benefit for a retired worker at the beginning of 2012 was about $1,230 a month. So ask yourself, could you live on $300 a week? I often speak to people who think they've solved the problem by committing to working forever. Uh, I'm a knowledge worker, they tell me. I can still work even if my body is frail. Or I'm an entrepreneur, I create my own job. But I have some news for you on the aging process. The human body does not wait for your bank account to catch up. At some point, unless you suffer an early death, you'll lose either your ability or your willingness to work, or both. We are underprepared, and the consequences are dire. But it doesn't have to be that way. Everyone can have enough. You can build wealth and achieve financial freedom. I'm here today to share with you the technology I discovered for myself and used to transform my financial life. I know I can do it and I did it, and you can do it too. Where we're going to start is with your own psychology and what you believe to be true about money. Our beliefs become the filter through which we see the world, but we've forgotten that we have a filter. Belief exists and shows up in our language. We believe that we can accurately describe the world around us. We believe that we can accurately describe our world in language. For example, the floor is dirty, he's not nice, I don't deserve that, or I'm terrible with numbers. And for the most part, we don't really question the congruence between beliefs, language, and reality. But research out of the field of neuroscience is demonstrating the counterintuitive truth, which is that in some areas of our life, our beliefs and language actually give rise to our experience. Thoughts and actions. Even though it seems obvious to us that the words we use are describing the world that's already there, sometimes the words you use actually create your world. In other words, it's not only true that we are what we eat, it's also true that we live what we believe. Bear with me for a few minutes here, and and soon you'll understand why I'm so sure that true wealth and financial freedom are possible for you. Dr. Lira Boroditsky is a Stanford psychologist, and she has published research that demonstrates the extent to which language gives rise to our thoughts. Her work has shown that if you change how people talk, you can change how they think. When people learn another language, they also inadvertently learn a new way of looking at the world. When bilingual people switch from one language to another, they also report that they begin to look at and, and start thinking differently too. I began to get quite interested in this as I suffered my own financial setbacks in my 20s. I got a good degree, I graduated from college at the height of the dot-com boom, and within just a few years I was earning six figures. But I always spent every penny and then some. And somehow my experience was always that there was just not enough money in my bank account. And I didn't like the way that that felt. So I wanted to know how does an educated person with good intentions fail to produce positive results? And at the same time, I was getting my start in the field of financial planning. I began to get to know my affluent millionaire and multimillionaire clients quite well. And I was surprised to discover that many people who are wealthy by almost all standards still suffer in the area of money. Some millionaires have a seemingly irrational fear of running out of money, some have guilt and shame about their wealth, and some fight with their loved ones about money. Then there's some people, some of whom have less, who are confident and peaceful about it. This was really fascinating to me. So it turns out that one area where language is particularly impactful on our experience of life is in describing concepts, things that can never be seen, touched, or tasted. Uh, Time is an example of something that's almost entirely conceptual. So here are a few things that we often say about time. I don't have time. Or time flies when you're having fun. Both of these statements refer to the experience of time moving quickly. Yet, when you say the first one to yourself, I don't have time, you probably experience some form of frustration or anxiety, maybe pressure or even confinement. And when you say the second one, time flies when you're having fun, You probably experienced some happy memory of the past, time spent with a loved one, or maybe an experience that was especially exhilarating. Language gives rise to experience. Money like time is also almost entirely conceptual, but we don't relate to it that way. We think cash is money, but cash is just a representation of money. That's why you can't spend American dollar bills in Europe. Money is not the numbers you see in your bank account. That's just bits and bytes. There is no money in the bank. Your credit card doesn't contain money, gold isn't money, and checks are not money. We can never actually see or touch money because money is just a conversation. It's a promise delivered in measurable units that you can exchange later for something you value. And I submit to you that that is the only thing That is fundamentally true about money. Remember, we made it up. Money is just a conversation. It exists only in language. And if your language creates your world, ask yourself, what are the things I say to myself and other people about money? So it turns out our developing minds are not well-equipped to deal with the realm of the conceptual. And at some point, each and every one of us, in trying to grapple with this thing we were learning about called money, took money out of the realm of the conceptual and brought it into the realm of language by latching onto a belief about money. This belief has given rise to your entire financial situation. The amount you save, the amount you spend, how you invest. How you negotiate for a salary and how you feel about all of this is controlled by that thing you made true when you moved money from concept to language. It came from your family or the environment you grew up in. It's a basic statement or assertion that you not only believe to be true but is the water you swim in about money. I call this language your money operating system. And just like your computer is controlled by the operating system that's running it, So is your money mind controlled by your money-operating system. So I want to take a minute and distinguish the kind of language or mindset that I'm talking about from any sort of positive affirmation. So I think using positive language in your life is great, Uh, I think it has benefits, but in this case the money-operating system is so ingrained that using positive affirmations would sort of be like putting icing on a mud pie. The belief that's giving rise to your experience is just too powerful. So here are a few of the common money operating systems that I see. The first one is there will always be enough money. People with this belief can be high earners or somehow their, or sometimes their compensation is somehow performance based. Uh, sometimes they're average earners though uh, and they just live simply. So they don't realize how much money they need to save. People with this money operating system sometimes need to be careful not to be lulled into a false sense of security about money. For example, I once met a man with this money operating system who had just retired at the age of 66 and was really excited about his retirement and was confident in his financial security. He only needed $50,000 a year to live on, so he was shocked when I told him that the $120,000 in his savings accounts was not going to be enough to provide for his retirement. The second money operating system is, if I am good, the universe will give me what I need. So I think this is a positive world outlook. It just doesn't tend to lead to productive financial behavior, like saving and investing, because these folks think that their financial security is a function of virtuousness. Third, money makes me valuable. Uh, these folks have money very intertwined with their self-worth. Other people often perceive them as very powerful around money or business. And if they're successful, their ego and confidence will grow with their bank account. But if they are unsuccessful at producing results, their confidence will suffer. And it can turn into uh, something that's very self-reinforcing. Interestingly, I inherited two money mindsets, money operating systems, and this was one of mine. Next, money operating system is there will never be enough money. This is pretty self-explanatory. These folks are either going to be overspenders or under-earners. And um, as I said, this was my other money operating system. It's really unfortunate I ended up with two that so obviously contradict one another. Because as I was manifesting the operating system, there will never be enough money. By overspending my high income, uh, my confidence was plummeting because I didn't have any money to prove that I had value. Fifth money operating system is money is the root of all evil, or money is bad. Um, people with this money operating system tend to conflate uh, societal problems with living in a capitalistic society. They uh, find virtuousness in living without a lot of material possessions, and uh, they're very successful at finding evil, rich people to vilify. Their negative beliefs about money lead to often lead to very destructive financial behaviors. Again, these are just some of the money operating systems that I see. Yours might be slightly different. Whatever it is, though, the core of it is in very basic language because you created it and could understand it when you were a child. You might have really sophisticated things that you say about money to yourself and to other people now. But that's always on top of something really basic or uh, elementary. And your mind is very powerful at not only gathering evidence for what it believes to be true, but at creating situations that actually reinforce it. So if you look, you'll have a complex patterns of behavior and dialogue that keep these situations in place, a network of behavior that produces results that reinforce your belief. And just as a sidebar, given all these different ways of being around money, is it any surprise to you that money is one of the leading causes of divorce? Can you imagine if there will always be enough money got together with money is the root of all evil? And for the most part, our money operating systems are not serving us well. We can hardly talk to each other about money. We've assigned it so much meaning and significance, so I'll bet The person you talk to most about money is yourself. We suffer about money. We have shame and guilt and embarrassment, but it doesn't have to be that way. Your language creates your world. The good news is that understanding the problem gives us access to the solution. Let me give you some examples of how the money operating system looks in action. So I like to talk about people who receive financial windfalls, because it's a fantastic way to see the money operating system instantly magnified. People who receive large sums of money are instantly plucked out of the waiting pool and thrown into the ocean without a life preserver. So we've all heard the stories of lottery winners that go broke. One study even concluded that lottery winners are far more likely to file for bankruptcy within a few years of receiving their windfall than if they had never won. Also, the NFL reports that uh, 78% of its former players experience bankruptcy or severe financial strain within two years of retiring. And this despite the fact that all NFL recruits receive personal finance training at the Harvard Business School. And it's not just lottery winners and football players who go broke. The National Endowment for Financial Education reports that 70% of people who receive financial windfalls lose it within just a few years. This includes even the very smart people who IPO with companies here in Silicon Valley, many of whom are still paying off their tax bill financially worse off than before the IPO, born simply of a lack of planning. So what's the difference between someone who maximizes their windfall and someone who loses it all? It's not intelligence. The truth is that everyone, regardless of education, can suffer financial mistakes. I talk to a lot of really, smart people with high incomes who make big financial mistakes. I know a couple who makes $2 million a year and every year spends 2.5. But most people's finances are private. Athletes and lottery winners just make big public mistakes and the media helps themselves to sharing those stories. So I've given you examples of money operating systems that produce bad results. Where can we find money operating systems that produce good results? Uh, I like learning from experts, and I think the easiest place to find a money expert is to look to Mr. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, and he seems to make money like Midas. He had a humble beginning. He grew up in Nebraska uh, through smart investments and hard work. He is now worth over $50 billion, and he's famous for his frugal lifestyle. In fact, he still lives in the simple home in Omaha, Nebraska that he bought for 31000 in 1958. He is considered the most successful investor of our time. So I wanted to know, what's Warren's money operating system? And you know, Mr. Buffett publishes his thoughts on money and investing for us all to read in his annual shareholder letters. So I thought I would try to figure out what his money money operating system is from the things that he writes. Remember that your thoughts, conversations, and actions around money are all a product of your money operating system, so if we listen to what he says, he should give himself away. And as it turns out, it was even easier than I thought it would be to figure out what Buffett's operating system is. Warren is always talking about how he thinks simple actions are better than complex ones, how he looks for easy wins, he picks things he understands and is good at, and just runs faster than his competition. Here's a quote I like. I always knew I was going to be rich. I don't think I ever doubted it for a minute. See, to Warren, making money is easy. In fact, when Mr. Buffett decided to give his money away, he found giving it away to be so much harder than making it that he just gave $30 billion to the Gates Foundation so they could give it away for him. He said in the press that he wanted to get back to doing what was easy, making money. So I'm willing to bet that Mr. Buffett's money operating system is that making money is easy. And I hope to get the opportunity to ask him one day. By now, you're probably beginning to hone in on what your money operating system actually is. I'm here to tell you, you can overcome it. You can completely change the system of thoughts, conversations, and actions that have produced your results, which means you can produce new results. You can be rich. My life is evidence that the money operating system can be uninstalled. I believe this technology can empower us to create a world where everyone has enough. I've been teaching this system, and I've watched as people have totally transformed their financial world. People are using this technology to install new beliefs and are now empowered to grow and build wealth. You can be rich. Together, we can build a world where everyone in it has enough. Thank you for listening to Profit Boss Radio, where creating success on our own terms happens every day. You're not alone in your journey to a rich life, and that's why Hillary is here to add value in each and every episode. See you next time on The Podcast for Women and Money.